There's this question. It's deceptively simple, but incredibly important. The kind of thing you'd expect really anyone at an organization would get right. Leadership, managers, team members, everyone. But they don't, not even close. Here's the question. Pick a product or a service, really anything your organization provides that delivers value. And tell me, who is the customer? We're always looking to tie back everything we do from an agile perspective to a customer. And if we're not looking at that, if we're not focusing on that, then we've often missed the mark. That's Bobby Woods, an enterprise agile transformation consultant at Scrum Inc. and our guest for this episode. Bobby has worked and coached all aspects of Agile for close to 20 years now, everything from shared services teams to leadership, so he knows of what he speaks. This brings us back to that deceptively simple question. Pick a product or service your organization provides and tell me, who is the customer? Are you sure? Are they the only customer? The important part about this is understanding our true customers and not overlooking where potential customers might be. And even knowing the differences between stakeholders, customers, and users, those common misunderstandings there are where companies really miss out and it keeps them from being agile. And it keeps them from delivering value. So let's talk about customers, stakeholders, and users. I'm Tom Bullock, and welcome to Unlocking Agile. Unlocking Agile is brought to you by Scrum Inc. The world of work is changing. We pioneered that change. Scrum Inc.'s adaptive, scalable process teaches organizations and teams how to thrive in a world where change is the only constant. Training that empowers, transformations that work. Contact us at scruminc.com. So, Bobby, thanks for joining us. Yeah, great to be here, Tom. I appreciate being on here. So the first question I have is this. Agile is all about the customer. That You see it all over the place. Explain that to those who may be new to Agile. Sure. We're always looking to tie back everything we do from an Agile perspective to a customer, to the person that we're trying to impact, who we're trying to give outcomes to. And if we're not looking at that, if we're not focusing on that, then we've often missed the mark. So from a traditional delivery perspective, we've had instances where we've made a lot of assumptions, looked too far out into the future, not really truly understanding who the customers might be, thinking we had this fantastic, great idea. But at the end of the day, when we went to deliver it, it wasn't to the right person. They had done it themselves, whatever the case might be. And so from an Agile perspective, the focus on the customer is huge. Feedback from the customer. What are their pain points? What are they looking for? And so that's a core, core tenant of what it means to have agility for an organization. So before we get to the specific locked aspect of Agile, I have to point out this, and anyone, anybody who's done Scrum or Kanban or anything else, you see the customer everywhere in Agile frameworks. They are the user in user stories. They are the people who give feedback. There are personas. There are, you know, every kind of customer-focused thing. 
which is why your thesis here, your hypothesis, I thought was really interesting. Tell us what you came on to talk about today. So the important part about this is understanding our true customers and not overlooking where potential customers might be. And even knowing the differences between stakeholders, customers, and users, those common misunderstandings there are where companies really miss out and it keeps them from being agile. So let's break those down then. Sure. Define for us customer, user, stakeholder. Great question, great question. So when someone sits down to think through who their customer is going to be, oftentimes what they're looking at is who's paying me money? Who's actually going to buy the thing that I'm looking for? How can I increase the income of what I'm trying to accomplish? And it's not that that's not an important thing to think about. But when it's the only, yeah, that's kind of the point. Yeah, of that's the whole point of doing this, right? But if without thinking through other impact areas, we're missing a large portion of what could be impacting our delivery. And so, a paying customer is critical to having an ongoing business. But when we stop to think about who our stakeholders might be, and really understanding and defining that, who users of a product might be, as opposed to customers. That is also something that takes place. And so you can have a customer who's paying money. You can have a user that is using a system providing outcomes for a customer who pays the company. And then you can have stakeholders within an organization, stakeholders maybe even external to an organization that have a vested interest in what it is that you're creating for a solution. And there's a distinct difference between those three areas. So what I'm hearing is a customer is classically seen as the person who pays you money. That's right. A user is someone who is interfacing with the product or the customer. And a stakeholder are people who are affected by that interface for the user or the customer. That's right. And the common mistake a lot of companies make is thinking they're either all the same one or they're missing two out of the three people. And so when they go to build out and break down what it is that they're going to create for a solution, they're only getting a third of the piece of the pie. And they're missing out on a large portion that will determine whether or not they're successful. So can you give us a a real-world concrete example of of what it's like when this happens? Sure, absolutely. So think of uh, perhaps a financial organization. And they have internal folks to the company who have products that support their ability to make good financial decisions. And they have internal folks that use that product. Well, at the end of the day, the customers are the people handing them money, let's say for investments. They don't interact with the product that's being used internally, but the outcomes impact whether they're going to invest into the company. That's a customer. A user of the system is internal. A stakeholder of that system could be senior leadership. It could be investors on Wall Street that are looking to potentially invest into that organization but are not a part of the organization. You have stakeholders that are neither users nor customers. You have users that are neither stakeholders or customers. And you have customers that are neither users or stakeholders. And so having that clear definition goes to the point of being able to break down what we consider personas. What are the jobs to get done if we're trying to use that kind of method. And from there, we get a better overall result. But a common mistake, again, is to only look at one of those areas, only define one of those areas, and that be the one leading thing that takes us through the process of product solution development.
So there's got to be some side effects if you're only focusing on one instead of all three, customer, user, stakeholder. What are they? Yeah, yeah, the side effects are not pretty. And so one of the one of the main areas, one of the main side effects is just our accuracy. We touched on that a, a little bit already. We're not able to be accurate to what the solution should be at the end of the day. Uh, I'll give a very specific and practical example. If we have our customer as an internal person that's going to be working on the financial solution, but we're not taking in consideration the uh, the paying customer. So we have a user to the solution working on it, and that's who our persona is based around, but we're not taking in, into consideration the actual paying customer and the outcomes that they're expecting to take place, then we're only focused on oftentimes feature development for the one using the system. And we're not getting features that relate to outcomes for our customers. And so accuracy is off. Uh, another one is quality. So if we are not taking different groups like shared services into consideration, then security could be an afterthought. And as a stakeholder, security is part of that. And so being able to bake in the, the security-based quality up front because we've identified them as a stakeholder means we're faster in delivery. Uh, for speed of delivery, that's exactly one of those areas. If we're not taking those stakeholders and users and customers into consideration holistically, then we're missing pieces that we have to go back and redo. And so that slows down our delivery process. And the next thing you know, we've completely abandoned the concept of delivery, even or agility, I should say, even though we're taking a persona into consideration like we're supposed to be doing in an agile perspective. So, Bobby, you've worked with companies all across different industries, all over the place. You've done this for, a, I'm not going to say years and years and years. I don't want to make you feel old, but for years and years and years. Yes. How common are these problems? These are extremely common. And you see different agile coaches and consultants who have been preaching the concepts of knowing the customer and knowing the customer for years. But then there are also those who are really emphasizing go through the process of knowing what those differences are because there are companies who are having agile transformation failures because they're not taking this into perspective. And the key here is to think beyond the money. Think beyond just the person handing money to the organization. Yes, we have customers, but there is more that has to be thought of internal to the organization and external to the organization so that we know we have agility baked into solution development. So you've just given us the first key, which is what unlocking agile is all about. We want to go beyond just the theory and tell people how to, or help people figure out how to unlock agile themselves, make it practical. And when you were talking about customer, stakeholder, user, one thing that it sounds like to me is it sounds like you were laying out a customer journey through the interaction of the product, right? It's it, it's all these customer intersection points. The people who are, you know, it's not just the external customers, but it's the internal people who need to service the customer to make sure that their overall experience is a positive one. Yeah, it's, it's not just a customer journey, though, Tom. It's also outcome envisioning. What... It, who is asking for outcomes from this solution? Because we do have customers that have a journey, but when you think about the example that we just gave, 
you're really only talking about when it comes to the overall journey, the internal user to the financial application. What are the ways in which they're going to use it, mm -hmm. right? So when we think of think expanding beyond that, a customer who's paying has no real tie to the product outside of the outcomes they're going to see from the internal person using it. And so what are those outcomes going to be? And is the way we're creating the internal solution providing the ability to provide those outcomes? And when it comes to, let's just give an example, the transparency to results of what we're developing, senior leadership, you know, external stakeholders, do they have their own journey that is not related to the user? You could have three separate journeys related there, right? The customer journey, the user journey, the stakeholder journey. Uh, are we thinking about what their outcomes are before we create what you might call that walkthrough of a customer journey that you might do on a canvas or something like that? So help us here, Bobby. This is about doing practical stuff. You've given us the first key. If you were, if you were going to tell, if I am your customer, right? If I am your client, tell me what do I look for? How do I best define customer, user, and stakeholder? Uh, and that's a great question, and that's really where a, a lot of misses take place, is we have to first understand that there is going to be more than one. We just have to embrace that out of the gate. There's never just one. And I know never is a very definitive word to use, but I haven't come across anything yet where there was just one definition for one section of one area that's going to be impacted by this. And so out of the gate, a team, an organization, whether it's at scale or in a very finite solution, should sit down and be mapping out who is impacted. And we'll do this with organizations and with clients. And it doesn't matter whether it's senior leadership or whether it is a team, a specific team with a specific solution. We'll sit down, we'll draw a circle, and we'll put their solution right there in the middle of the circle, and we'll do a mind map. And we'll say, don't tell me who all your customers are. Tell me who your impact points are. Who are we impacting through this? Who has an expected outcome from these things, from, the, from whatever we're putting together? And inevitably, the people that we're doing this with are always surprised by how many different impact points there are to the point where they get a little overwhelmed. They say, we can't be everything to everybody at, every, at all times. And that's true. We can't, but at least we've identified where our impact areas are, where the expectations are, and then we can begin to zero in on how we're going to provide them with those outcomes. And that way we've captured whoever we can think of at that point in time. Now, the other side effect of this, knowing that it's an agile solution as a whole, which means as we go along, we're going to learn and it's going to change. And so we have to always be thinking in terms of who might we need to be adding in or taking out as potential impact areas as we're going through this development based on value. And so being able to sit down and start there and then building out those journeys gets people a strong foundation to going about it the right way. And when you go through this process with a client, how do you define impact? Because I'm assuming that that term, that word, probably can mean a lot of different things. It can. Yeah, it can. It can be very granular and it can be really far reaching. And so uh, I'll use an example of uh, an ERP system an organization might be putting in. And they were impact areas. Well, it, it's an enterprise ERP system. It, it, we're touching everybody, right? Our, our impact is we have fingers in everywhere. And so we start walking through 
who are our biggest impact areas? Are, are, who are the ones that are having the most outcome, the most interface? And maybe it's just up front. Again, from an Agile perspective, we may find that the further along we get into this, one of these areas pops up and suddenly becomes a larger impact or requires greater outcomes from what it is that we're developing and putting into place. And so we have to readjust value accordingly and readjust what we consider our priorities accordingly based on what we're seeing with those changes that take place on those impact areas. And that's also how we get down to what we call a minimum viable product or an MVP. We're looking at the highest impact areas, where is the most value, getting a small slice of that and starting down our journey. But you're absolutely right. You could, you could have things that are really small, things that are really large, and people can get overwhelmed by that. That's why we have to rein it in and get to those highest impact points. So that is your first key. Tell us your second key in this instance with the customer for unlocking Agile. So once we've identified those, then we can dive deep. Then we can take the higher impact, higher outcome customers, stakeholders, or users, whatever those happen to be defined as for that context, and then dive deeper into what value means for those individual areas. And so we're trying to be more comprehensive for their own product needs. And that's when we really start to get into what might a persona look like? What are they looking for for their jobs to be done? What problems are we trying to solve for them? What are their pain points? What are their challenges? What are the parts of what they're doing that they really enjoy that we just want to build on and, and enhance for them in some way or not touch at all? Because we could do that too and you know, try not to you know, fix it if it ain't broken, so to speak. Uh, but once, once we start to do that, then we start to peel out the needs from shared services, the needs from the operation support group, from our stakeholders in New York, from the customer who's paying money, from the user who's actually having to play with these things on a regular basis. And we become that more accurate in what we're doing. And so we dive deep into those each scenarios, take a slice of it and start delivering on that. And that, it sounds like to me, is the overall point. I mean, that's agility in a nutshell. Take those slices, build on them, get feedback so you can pivot as quickly as possible. You reduce the cost of changing your mind and risk because you're not just making guesses. You're making a guess and then you're testing it and you can pull back or change. Exactly. And that really ties into the, the third key, which is that with this more comprehensive view of an actual person, if you will, that we're trying to do this for, and we've got all the right ones, that means when we go to create our backlog, whether it's at an enterprise level or at a team level, we've included all the right things, which means we're going to be more accurate. We're going to bake in the right areas with our definition of done, with our acceptance criteria. We'll get, and because of that, we'll get better delivery predictability. And what I mean by that is that you know, how often do we see scenarios when a team is delivering on something, they've got it to what they consider a done state, they might even be close to a release, and the next thing they know, they didn't take into account some of the other stakeholders within the organization that want to do a pen test on it, or they want to have some sort of documentation for operational support or something along those lines, and they can't go live. They have to go back to development, and now they can't be predictable on what it is that they're creating because they're constantly having to rework. And so they've slowed down, and they have no predictability. Well, by doing this, they're able to maintain their velocity, 
they're maintained their sustainable pace because they've built in the right things. And they're able to speed up that process by continuous improvement in how they do it. And they know they're doing it with the right concepts in place, the right people, the right definition of done, the right acceptance criteria. And they're not having to go up against a time frame and peel out scope, like quality scope. And when I say quality scope, I mean essentially what you see a lot of quality folks have to do is not do it the way they'd like to because they've been given eight hours to test what everybody else has been doing for the last two weeks. And so we're getting better quality because we've known up front what the right quality aspects are. And we can build out test cases in advance. We don't have the technical debt. We don't have the rework. And so predictability, speed of delivery, accuracy, they all fall into place just because we're doing a better job understanding who our customers, stakeholders, and users are. And if you do all of that, you end up with very happy customers, users, and stakeholders. And that's the whole point. That's right. That's the point. That's the point. And so you're literally using agility the way it's supposed to, as opposed to creating all sorts of anti-patterns around what a lot of people look at and say, see, Agile's just not going to work here. All right, Bobby. I'll see you next week. Thanks very much. Thanks a lot, Tom. Appreciate it. <laughs>